You're listening to The Anarch Interviews, presented by the E-Militia Podcast. This is the first of a new kind of bonus episode to fill in the time between our main serialized shows. The focus will be interviews conducted as background for articles on my substack, theanarch.substack.com, which these podcasts will also be available on. This is a slight break from our more conversational tone with formally prepared questions and structure and won't be regularly scheduled. For this first interview with Miss Laura Liberty, second vice chair and communications director of the Arizona Libertarian Party and main organizer of the Arizona and the Damn Wars rally, I had the good fortune to be able to do an in-person interview. We discussed everything from the details of the event to the importance of making the peace movement relevant again, working beyond party politics and even political factions, and messaging in the aftermath of the Afghanistan withdrawal. I hope you enjoy the same energy I felt being able to talk about a topic as important as reviving the anti-war movement in person as I did conducting it. The Anarch Interviews. TheAnarch.substack.com So, we are a little more than a week out from the 20th anniversary of the 2001 attack on the World Trade Center in New York, which, of course, sparked the war on terror and the subsequent disaster of a 20-year-long war in the Middle East. Nationwide rallies under the moniker End the Damn Wars are planned to protest the American war machine, with the main rally happening in D.C., with speakers like Scott Horton and other prominent anti-war activists from across the political spectrum planning to make an appearance. Joining me today to discuss the newly reborn anti-war movement and the local protest happening in Scottsdale, Arizona, is Miss Lauren Liberty. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show. I yeah. appreciate it. It's very cool to do an interview in person. It's not often that like too many people are local enough to be like, hey, I'll just, we'll just do it in person. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> this is actually the first time I've done something in person rather than via, you know, Zoom yeah, or Skype. <laughs> and, and after the last like year and a half coming up on two years, it's nice to do something a bit more. Face-to-face? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you become an activist? And what's your general kind of background? Yeah, sure. So I am actually originally from New York. Oh, yeah. Um, I got interested in the Libertarian Party around 2008. Um, I was introduced by, yeah, like a Ron Paul. Yep, totally. And even back then, like Adam Kakesh. And so it's so weird to like sort of be friendly with him now yeah. too. I'm like, wow, how many years later? I never would have imagined. Hell of a lot closer um, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I uh, left New York in 2012. I lived in Florida for a while. I've been in Arizona for like two years. And shortly after moving to Arizona, I got involved locally with the Libertarian Party. Um, and then I've just sort of been really working on networking since then. Yeah. Uh, I ended up being elected as the second vice chair for the Arizona Libertarian Party. And I was also appointed as communications director. So communications, networking, all of that is really what I do. It's what I'm pretty passionate about. I strongly believe in messaging. I think that's really important. I think it's something that not everyone's good at. And that's okay. We all have our niche things. Um, But I do think that messaging can make or break anything, really. Um, So I really try to focus on things of that nature. Um, And one of the ways that I found out about the End the Damn Wars rally was through networking on Twitter. Yeah. And I actually prefer Twitter nowadays for most networking anyway. I find that it's actually uh, a lot easier and more organic interactions on Twitter. Yeah. Like other places you kind of have like, a, this is my official statement mm-hmm. rather than just like, uh, oh yeah, this is our social media guy telling you what you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit more casual, which is totally up my alley. And um, I find that it's a little bit more like organic also not that forced algorithm type of thing yeah uh so i prefer to definitely stay in the twitter liberty twitter sphere and i saw uh magnus pen media uh posted something about and the damn wars so it's like oh cool this is something that i would love to be involved in yeah and i went to the website and i saw that it had uh like other cities and it was empty there was no other cities listed yet it yeah, was just, just dc, DC. yes So I messaged him right away and I was like, hey, how can I get involved? Like, I would love to host something here in the Phoenix area. Um, I think we will have a really good turnout. And he gave me all the information. He was super helpful. And I want to say we were like one of the first cities, if not the first city, to have our own. I was going to ask because there there was a time when I was like, oh, damn, it's in D.C. Like, there's no way I can possibly make out there, unfortunately. Right. And and then, yeah, I started seeing all these crop up. So you were probably the first, you think? (sighs) 
I I believe I was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was either us or Fort Lauderdale. Oh, so, they have three. I was I was very impressed with Florida. Yeah, <laughs> I know they are really about it, which I love, and it is a huge state. So I'm yeah. really happy to see that they have multiple locations there. Um, so. Yeah, and it was just one of those things where I was just going to do it on my own. Um, I didn't ask anybody for help, but I did as a courtesy, like, let the Arizona Libertarian Party know about it. Yeah. And our chair was totally like, yes, we, we want to support you. They were really, really into it. So it was really awesome to have the support of the party as well. Yeah, that's something, like, the party, not speaking as an insider, but it's been very kind of election-focused recently, mm-hmm. whereas we're starting to see kind of a shift to libertarians actually doing more on-the-ground activism, which is, like, you know, actual protesting, kind of mm-hmm. more conventionally left-wing tactics. So it's, it's cool to see a shift into actually getting out on the ground rather than, you know, just the the clean party meetups and stuff. It's like, no, let's let's go out and talk about something we're passionate about that's not, you know, necessarily sexy for elections or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the big things about uh, when it's a non-election year, we typically see after that election year a huge drop-off. Yeah. Um, so that's also something that I'm really focused on is keeping up that momentum. Yeah. Um, we have to lead by example. If you still want liberty to be the focus come election year you have to start that four years in advance (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so that's something that i i definitely also prefer to keep on the forefront of staying active staying ahead of things and it's like never ending it's very exhausting but it's it's worth it to see something like i thought this rally was just going to be a little you know okay if 10 people show up i'm happy yeah and we've had a huge amount of support so far so that in itself is enough validation to know that there are other people that want to see this all the time yeah yeah we we had a similar kind of experience when we were doing the uh 2a rallies here in phoenix uh, the last two years where we were like, right, I'm going to be turning up in full kit with rifles next to a bunch of, you know, like real tree camo fuds. Yes. Or, or, or is it going to be like a real actual libertarian kind of turnout? Yeah. And even even not just libertarian, but, you know, kind of like this where you have, uh, you know, perhaps socialists who are like socialist rifle people. Yeah. And all those kind of, you know, more lefty types are like, no, we're going to turn out in full kit too. And it's like. I love it. Yeah. I love to see it. And to, to that effect, um. That's something that we're seeing with this rally here, where we are having other political parties reaching out to, to me yeah. to say, hey, we want to join you. Can we show up and support? Um, I've had the Arizona Green Party, and then one of their caucuses is the uh, Young Eco-Socialists Caucus. Um, and then I also had the Arizona Communist Party reach out, <laughs> and they were like, hey, can we come to show our support? And I said... It's in it's it's in a park. It, yeah. it this you, anybody any peaceful person is welcome. Yeah, I absolutely appreciate the support, and I really like the idea of uniting on the issues that we do agree on. Instead of focusing on fighting, yeah. we can focus on actually getting stuff done by uniting towards at least one common goal. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a relief to actually see people being like, oh no, it doesn't have to be our anti-war movement, <laughs> which I mean, you'd think lefties would be more into, but <laughs> right, right, exactly, it's, it's us, yes, our yes, cause. I'm willing to share, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> I, I had to get that one in. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's step it back a bit. Um, how did you become an anti-war activist? Uh, so it's something within the last few years that I've really. <laughs> Begin to understand more. Yeah. Um, as a New Yorker, after September 11th, and I was very young, I was probably like 14 when it happened, I believe, um, I totally thought that going to war was justified. Yeah. And a lot of things uh, that the government was doing played on that emotion. And even a lot of young people that enlisted right after September 11th, they were told that this is just, this is noble, this is, this is, you know, you're uh, avenging all of those, you know, 3,000 people that died and this, that, and the third. And um, so for a while, it was just sort of, I was young too. So I was just like, it is what it is. It's not like I could vote and change anything. And then it sort of became background noise. 
Like we were at war for so long that you yeah. just forget that it's even happening. Yeah. Um, especially when the news doesn't focus on it and, it and a lot of stuff gets swept under the rug and you really only knew if somebody that you loved or cared about got deployed. And then you're like, Oh yeah, we're still over there. Aren't we? So it, it definitely was something that in my younger years, it kind of just wasn't really at the forefront of what I was paying attention to. Yeah. Um, and then once I got more active and wanting to sort of spread the message of like libertarian ideas, um, war comes up a lot and military spending. So then yeah. I was looking at it from like a fiscally point of view, fiscally conservative point of view where you're like, okay, yeah, we're, we have this extremely bloated military budget and where is it going? Yeah. And it's going to this war that, why are we still fighting this war? What is the point? And why are our people over there still dying and civilians being killed as well? Yeah. Um, so then it, it sort of also evolved with the whole uh, like police thing, like law enforcement, where then you realize all of that surplus uh, stuff that they're buying, weapons, whatever, bear cats, like why are, why are those being sold to local police departments and then being used on civilians? Yeah. Um, so that's another layer to it. And then my husband is a combat veteran. He was over in Afghanistan. And then talking with him about it, um, I really got like a firsthand sort of point of view of we still have people over there dying. And for what? Yeah. For what I mean, reason? Just, just see the last few weeks. Yeah. To, to this day, losing people over there for he, what? 20 years. I mean, it's insane. It's insane. So all of those things sort of all rolled into one is really what made me want to become more active in the anti-war movement. And then seeing... Uh, Magnus and and how passionate he is was really also inspiring to me. I think he's wonderful. Um, and also seeing the support from just this little grassroots, you know, sort of movement is adding fuel to the fire. It's yeah. great. I think that there is uh, a lot of sentiment behind this. I think there's a lot of people that have that not just emotional, but also logical. Like what, what's the, what's the plan here? Yeah. So it's definitely something that the more that I get involved in it, the more I want to be involved in it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, started to bleed into one of my questions quite far down the line, <laughs> but but in, in a in a good way because I was I was going to ask about um, you know, this is usually in the past been kind of a uh, flower child hippie kind of cause, and now we're starting to see like you know, obviously there's the emotional impact of this thing, and obviously war is an awful thing, and you have that kind of you know, authentic like blur, I reject this, but then you're starting to get the more logically you know fact-based people going this is actually pretty irresponsible for a number of ways yeah. or a, no a number of reasons yes and um do you think that's something this movement could potentially not not just revive the anti-war movement but perhaps bring it to a place where it's less a left-wing kind of sentiment and more just a an everyday opinion that you can have absolutely i think that this should not be a partisan issue it should be logic and for some people emotional i yeah. don't tend to love emotional uh you know emotionally driven arguments yeah. but if you can say here's the facts and here's why i'm so passionate about it and keep the two separate but also use that to fuel your uh, um drive to keep working towards this i think that's okay yeah. um but yeah so this rally in itself is we're calling it post-partisan because it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you come from. And, and if the only thing that's driving somebody to be anti-war is that emotional aspect, that's fine. You can join us. Yeah. Um, but I would like to also give people more information about how to argue against somebody that is only facts based, yeah. which I think is valid. I think that if you're not have no emotional involvement or emotional, um, you know, leanings towards being anti-war and you're just looking at, at it strictly from a fiscal point of view or from a logistics point of view, you also need to be able to talk to those people. And that's where communications and messaging comes in. Um, so I'm also looking at this rally as sort of an opportunity to let people from those two camps sort of meet. Yeah. And and exchange ideas. Yeah. And if what 
somebody like we're going to have, I want to say, um, six speakers, including myself. And if what any of us say resonates with even one person, it was a success. Yeah. And that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I, I definitely would like there to sort of be a marriage of those two ideologies where, okay, you can have the emotional aspect, you can have the factual aspect. And if you can kind of intermingle those ideas, I think we'll be in a good place where you can find at least one point that's going to resonate with somebody. Yeah, you're pulling your resources. Yeah. You know, like, and who cares if the libertarians or the communists or whoever are the ones who end the war? It's like, yeah. good it's over exactly (laughs) we can all agree that it's a an awful thing going on and not just we'll get into that a little bit uh, not just afghanistan but all the other conflicts and parts of the world we're involved in but um yeah who who cares how it's brought to an end exactly and there is so much of that like where people make politics their identity yeah um and there's so much of that partisan oh well obama started it trump kept it going biden and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. I don't care. So as from a libertarian perspective, if you had to elevate a pitch someone on being anti-war, what's your go-to argument? From a libertarian's perspective, I would probably go the route of uh, being fiscally responsible and how it's just a huge amount of spending uh, and it's unnecessary. I mean, when you look at it, if we were to move more towards a um, non-interventionalist and sort of only keep our military just bolstered enough for protection purposes and have that be our focus and not from a nationalist point of view, but just a non-interventional, we don't have to be the policemen of the world. Most countries don't want us to be their policemen. Um, So if we could scale back on a, on a just major, major scale there um, and just focus on more important things. That's really where, I mean, we don't have to be in these other countries. So that would sort of be my route of talking to somebody from a libertarian standpoint is that, yeah, it's this huge budget and what does it go towards? And it, as I mentioned earlier, in turn is sold off to local police departments and then used against civilians. Yeah. So that's also infringing on civil liberties too. Yep. Uh, Always comes home. Exactly. Exactly. Could you tell us a little bit about the end the damn wars? We've kind of gone into it a little bit, but um, tell us a little bit more about how it came about. So I had seen it posted on Twitter from Magnus. um, And I think it was initially just kind of a small thing where it was like him and somebody else and they were like okay yeah we are gonna have a rally in dc yeah and i don't think he even anticipated it to become as huge as it has yeah um and i i'm i know he's a huge activist he's always out doing something so um he kind of is is of a similar mindset as me where it's like yeah even if like 10 people show up cool that's 10 people that we got a chance to talk to yeah uh and it's just evolved into this whole big huge thing and i i'm really impressed how quickly it's become a a big movement it's cool to see how many other states are adding on to as well like daily i'll see him post something new like oh yeah whatever city get are you ready to end the damn war so it's really cool to see that it's catching on even with so little time yeah (laughs) Yeah, these last few days i'm like you're gonna put together a rally in a week i I believe you can but yeah yeah (laughs) yes it's chaotic but you certainly can (laughs) yeah yeah. organized chaos or some something something chaos theory i don't know (laughs) so any concerns uh that the mass will consider an anti-war rally at this point in time uh, pointless as the Afghanistan war is, quote unquote, over. Maybe. Um, I'm not really concerned with that. I am still very confident in the message that it will be well received because they're, I, my personal belief, not that it matters, but I don't think this is going to be the end of the conflict in yeah. Afghanistan. Uh, so I think it's something that we do need to keep in the forefront because it is so touch and go right now. You don't know. Tomorrow, there could be some huge catastrophe that can happen. And it's like, all right, we're going back into Afghanistan. 3,000 troops right back. That's it. Boots on the ground all over again. So it is something that we can't let that momentum die. Um, And there's still, you know, there's conflicts in other countries, too. And and Afghanistan wasn't the only country that we're in. And even if you look at how many just military bases in other countries that we're occupying, 
why? Um, so I think that it's something that we do need to keep talking about for sure. And I'm not really worried about those people that say that, oh, well, the war is over. <laughs> we can just go move on to other things. I don't think I don't think that we can. And I'm not going to. Yeah, it, it's kind of the same mentality <laughs> they've had the past 20 years where it's like, oh, the war's happening. What can you do? And now it's like, oh, the war's over. Who cares? <laughs> like, right. you guys weren't looking at it from the start anyway. But there's so much more to it than just, you know this war that war it's like we are at war all over oh absolutely absolutely and who how do you say that it's ended you can't say that the only thing that has ended is our official occupation of that country you can't say that the war has ended because who the hell knows what's still going on over there oh yeah i'm I'm sure just between private contractors and drone strikes we're going to be in there another 10 years exactly (laughs) exactly so i don't believe that for a moment that the war has ended over there and kind of a, a follow-up, um, do you see the catastrophe that was the Afghanistan withdrawal as more of a, and obviously the whole thing was awful, yeah. but as more of a good thing or a bad thing for the movement? As in, um, a lot of people, a lot of eyes are on Afghanistan right now, and a lot of people, for the first time, are putting their energies towards, you know, showing about war, which they very rarely do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it is definitely Catch-22. Uh, it has brought a lot of awareness to the issue, um, but it also was horribly botched. Uh, there were just so many different ways that it could have been done. And don't get me wrong. I think it was going to be a disaster no matter what. Yeah. 20 years destabilizing a country is never going to turn out, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Exactly. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think no matter what, it was going to be very messy. And I do think that there were going to be lives lost no matter what. But, uh, I also think that, could have gone about it so many different ways and, and maybe put just a little bit more thought into it. Um, but it, like I said, it has brought so much more, uh, to the forefront that there were people that once again, it was just background noise for them. They weren't paying any attention. So it is important that also all of that wasn't done in vain. I I think that that's also a big thing that it, it, it's important that we, keep this going yeah learn something from it i mean mm-hmm. vietnam kind of you know faded out and yeah. that, that anti-war movement grew up to be <laughs> well where are they now exactly <laughs> yeah kind of weird <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that uh-huh. <laughs> um but i mean it's I, th- I think this generation uh oddly there's been very much a revival of that kind of culture from like you know people blasting Jimi hendrix and kind of the the new psychedelic movement and stuff and and Hopefully, this anti-war movement will continue to be a, a continuation of that trend. Where, yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. The uh, I mean, a bit, a bit more of a sensible trend. You know, people have way more access to information these days. We have video of war crimes, not just like hearsay and you know, nice slogans on signs. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot more um, proof, and there's also a lot more whistleblowers too. Yeah. That's something that I think has brought a lot of validity to the movement. And yeah, uh, I mean, from Julian Assange, it, I, exactly. the, the day after the main protest, I, I'll say it again in the end, but um, they're planning a protest outside the British Embassy, which made me very happy. Yes. And uh, as well as the vice president's house over Julian Assange. It's like, thank God. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And that's another thing that a lot, a lot of times these people are seen as traitors and it's like, (laughs) no, that's the most patriotic thing you can do is to expose the corruption and all the horrible things that's happening at the hands of your country. Yeah. Um, So I think that also, that has brought a lot of like, oh, they're coming with receipts. Like yeah. they have facts of this stuff that's happening. It's not like you said, just, oh, well, my buddy who was over there told me this. And, yeah. You know, um, so I think that that's also something that, yeah, it hopefully does continue to resonate, especially with younger folks. Um, that's also a, a huge part of why I would like to make a more, I like to use the word like palatable or digestible, just easy f- to receive this message. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's another plus to having so many different aspects and so many different people coming to all of these rallies. Yeah, it's a lot of different flavors. I yes. mean, it's just like, you know, Libertarian Podcast, you can find anyone with any kind of voice you need, whether it's like an anarchist veteran or, <laughs> or like a Libertarian Party, you know, more like well-put-together type or, uh-huh. or a, whoever it might be, Tom Woods, you know. Uh-huh. But, um, I mean, this is an even wider palette. Yes. <laughs> like, no matter what your, uh, your identity is politically, you'll find someone who's making points that resonate with you and helping you, you know, pass them on to like-minded people. Yes, exactly. So, nice to see that disseminated, which I'm all about. What are the goals of the nationwide rallies? Or, you know, like your rally in particular and kind of 
the wider movement. There were demands, right? There is. There is a list of demands. I can uh, I can pull it up if you'd yeah, yeah, like yeah. me to. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just hey, we, we can just run through second. kind of like the cool ones. So I really liked that that was one thing that they had put out was that list of demands because it also sort of um, gives people an idea of what we would like to accomplish. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's all very well and good to say, you know, wars are awful, but it's like, all right, well, what's the action? Right, right, exactly. It's not just like it's one or two. It's like a whole, <laughs> a whole shopping list. Oh so. my gosh. Well, that's exactly it. And, 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 you know, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I found it. So there is like an official list of demands that yeah. um, is endorsed by End the Damn Wars. And the list is to end regime change wars, which absolutely that's what a lot of them are. Yeah. Uh, end unconstitutional military operations. So, I mean, that in itself, yeah, that's a no brainer. We don't want to violate anybody's rights. And that happens so often. And so easily. Yeah, right. Uh, and the targeting of anti-war journalists, activists, and whistleblowers, which is what we just were talking yeah. about. I mean, we, there's even been, uh, was it Obama that drone struck a, uh, a journalist way back when? I believe so. Like, accidentally? Uh-huh. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yeah, uh, sus is not a strong enough word. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know what is. And to really think that people would believe that is but really whoopsies. amazing. Yeah. Are, are you serious? Yeah. That's some USSR shit right there. <laughs> we turned left when we meant to turn right. Yeah, and, the, yeah. The, the other jeep with the, ter- the Taliban commander in it was just going down the opposite road. Jeez, Ugh. imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, not, not just in, you know, um, exiling them or uh, or arresting them, but literal assassinations of journalists, which Actually has happened. targeting them. Yes, yes, for sure. And I think that that is something that is not talked about enough. So I'm happy to see that on the list of demands for sure. Yeah. And once again, we have receipts of it. So <laughs> yes. we have solid yeah. proof that, yes, this is happening. Way too many receipts, like, mm-hmm. like, like grandma's drools. <laughs> a CBS receipt. <laughs> yeah. We have it all. Uh, so the fourth one is to end global intelligence operations that instigate conflicts. But we were even spying on on Angela Merkel, so God knows mm-hmm. what else <laughs> we were getting up to. Exactly, and that's just what we do know. That's not the super top secret, like high level. Yeah. So really, you just don't know what we're actually up to and how yeah. many things were started because of us meddling in foreign affairs. Yep. Cut and audit military budget, which was something that is a huge, I mean, yeah. really, it's a huge amount of spending to no, to no result. Yeah. I mean, um, from, from the very small, any, anyone who spent some time in uni- uniform has definitely shot rounds into a dirt hill for no reason. Right. And, and that's the most minuscule thing. I mean, the, the waste goes... Buying the bullet talks about stuff. Right. Uh, Yes. Above and beyond. And that's just, yes, like you said, small scale. (laughs) Um, Audit the Pentagon is one. And they would not like that. No. (laughs) Um, That's something that I think I hope to see. I don't know how we would even go about that. Um, their receipts might not match the ones that we'd hope to see. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the Pentagon's kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah, people fall downstairs. And yeah. <laughs> um, one a lot of, my, of money to be made. Yeah, one of my uncles worked at the Pentagon for a very long time, and no, nobody knows what he was doing there. And he has never told us all. Might so. as well have gone to Nam. Y- yeah, Bloody yeah. Hell. I couldn't tell you... <laughs> I have no idea. So yeah, Pentagon's a little, it's a little frightening. Um, so I do think that for uh, transparency's sake, yeah, we need to know what the hell is going on there. And yeah, I understand certain things have to be for security reasons, but also maybe do less of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, lot of, a lot of this is pretty fishy from the start. Exactly. Your, your justifications are weak at best (laughs) for being generous (laughs) um so one of the uh very last ones is to stop funding and arming oppressive regimes which we're now seeing that brought to light with what's happening in afghanistan with how much stuff we also just left there and our excuse was oh well we disarmed it before we left as if you can't ever, like, there's nobody in the world that could ever repair it and get it back up into to running. Yeah, I mean, day one, they were walking around with, you know, 
American military uh, armor and you know, small arms and stuff. Weapons, yeah, 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 yeah alone the helicopters and stuff. So oh, yeah. I mean, disarmed. Come yeah, on. they smashed a few windshields. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and even just the training too. I mean, you there's that. I don't, you, I'm sure you've seen the meme of the you know uh, just the trigger, off the trigger control. Yeah, yes. yeah. Like, we taught them. That. Yes, I love that. Yes, and it's so true. You it, can see. Yeah. So, so many of these guys were you know Afghan National Army at some point. It's like okay, well you know I get it, yeah. but. They learned it from us. Yep. I mean, it, it's so completely insane to arm and teach people and not assume that they're ever going to turn around and use it against. Well, I mean, the, the whole time we were training them, you know, not to get too far into it, but there was green on blue incidents all the yeah. time where, you know, yeah. Afghan National Army would, someone would just shoot up, you yeah. know, like U.S. servicemen. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, clearly this should have been rethought a while ago. Yeah. And never was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, sunk, what was it, 80 billion or something into training and preparing the Afghan National Army and, well, last, lasted a few weeks or 72 hours, something like that. I was going to say not even yeah, a week, yeah. I think. And 20 years of training <laughs> these people and a, a, less than a week, it crumbles. That just goes to show you that all of those efforts were really just what the hell are we doing? <laughs> yeah, and our, our nation-building strategy is not one <laughs> not to be... Not great. <laughs> not one to be copied ever again, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Uh, so the last thing on the list is to scale back U.S. military bases around the world, which yeah. is... I didn't even realize I was talking on these points. <laughs> oh, well, no, it, it's a good thing. You, you know, like, they might not have them in, in shopping, uh, shopping list format or whatever, but, you know... It's valid, yeah. And it's something that it really is. There's so many layers to all of this and it's so just if you can pick just one of those points and and reach an audience with just that but having a laundry list of all of these things and you combine it all together it's like you're going to give somebody a reason to <laughs> to catch on and be like hey yeah. maybe maybe these crazy libertarians are onto something you know yeah. <laughs> I, I, like maybe it's not the worst thing to you know maybe see what they're on about uh -huh. every now and then um, that's something I wanted to ask about because I was looking for the last anti-war rally in Phoenix and I expected it to be like, you know, 2001 or something, like very early on. It was actually a bit more recent. Um, the recent war of Iran back in, I think, likely because it was under Trump's regime, mm -hmm. um, was uh, after the drone st strike assassination of Iran's, like one of their top generals. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think it was January 2020, we had uh, in-person protests in Phoenix. Uh -huh. um, was the Libertarian Party involved with any of that, or was that more like a organic, like... We were not involved in that. Um, that was something that... So also around that time was when, like, a lot of people weren't really wanting to do in-person stuff, which I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there wasn't really a lot of buzz about it. I actually didn't even hear about... That no, neither did I. Yeah. Like, I. I was, you know, posting my usual kind of propaganda about sure. such things. Right, from but, home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. But um, I, I didn't know there was any kind of actual activism or, like, in-person stuff going on. No, so. I actually didn't either, but it's good to know that there still were those people that were willing to go out and still yep. try to bring awareness. To Paint this. the signs and yes. stand outside someone's office. Absolutely, and I hope whoever was there joins us next weekend, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I mean, we can only hope that they, you know, that through one of these many channels they've heard something and have, you know... <laughs> been sensible and adult enough to be like, okay, cool. You know, I can get over being shoulder to shoulder with someone I might not necessarily agree with on everything. Yeah, but. yeah, absolutely. Um, what is okay? Um, so these—that's something I actually want to get into. The mm -hmm. uh, you know the whole idea of the unity protests. Um, and we we got into it like a little bit, but what are the factions involved? Like, do we? Uh, what are the biggest ones? And are there any like kind of I don't know smaller faces we might not have heard of? So there are, um, our state chair here in Arizona actually has a lot of contacts and she was reaching out to, there's, um, like the Catholic church. Actually oh, really? Something that, yeah, that is anti-war. Uh, I, that's oddly surprising. I know. I was like, actually surprised at that as well. Like, I, I'm not, there's so many denominations in this country, but like Quakers or something are very anti-war. Oh, interesting. From my understanding, I, I might be getting that completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they're, they're fairly like anti-violence, anti-war and that kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, there's so many like kind of niche, um, what do they call them? Something 
object people who object like you know enlisting or, or whatever or fighting yeah. uh, conscientious objectors there okay yes yes yeah there's like whole religions where they're like yeah all of us do that yeah we're all against it um there was also oh my gosh i hope i can find it there was another so there was somebody that was killed in mesa uh shortly after like i want to say after the september 11th attacks and i mm. think it was like somebody that was in the Muslim community. Um, so they also are very anti-war. And that was somebody that she was going to be reaching out to. Uh, but sometimes, like, so what ended up happening is a lot of these other factions are also having their own events mm. on a, you know, smaller scale or whatever. Oh, because it's obviously September 11th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So that's the one thing with this particular event is that there were a lot of other events going on, which I understand, but they've all said that they're going to try to send at least, you know, one or two people out if they can to attend our event. And it's sort of like, we're totally on board with promoting these other events. I'm just waiting on specifics, which it's always a hurry up and wait. We'll we'll have some information for you. We're a week out. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, so it was interesting to uh, like the Catholic church. I was raised Catholic, but I, I stopped believing when I was like eight, I kind of, first time you talk to those people in a minute. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And you know, no disrespect, but I just never even knew that that was, um, a belief of the Catholic Church that they were before. I'd never heard of that. Yeah, me neither. So that was a surprise. I was like, okay, cool. Hey, well, I'll take it once again. I mean, if we can all unite on on that one issue, I'm with it. Yeah. Um, and then, like I had mentioned earlier, uh, the Arizona Green Party. So I've actually uh, been working with one of the guys from the Arizona Green Party on another issue, which is... Uh, ranked choice voting Mm. and bringing that to Arizona. And so he is with, uh, his name's John Ralston. He's a great guy. He's with a uh, nonprofit called Voter Choice Arizona. Uh, And he had been messaging me on the AZLP Twitter and we got to know each other and he's a super great guy. And I got sort of involved with that and um, being third party can, you know, having third party candidates, it, it really is a, better option to try to have more fair elections by doing ranked choice voting. Now, of course, that's all very convoluted because there's many different styles of ranked choice voting, whatever. But anyway, um, having a working relationship with him, we were talking and I was telling him how our chair uh, mentioned that we had linked up with the Arizona Green Party way back in like 2007 mm. um, and she used to do a lot with them and we've just always had a good working relationship with yeah. them but it's uh, just underdog it, yeah, commonality <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly um, and you know whether or not we agree on on many different issues, but (laughs) it's still that third parties are constantly under attack, particularly here in Arizona. Um, The the GOP has sued to get us off the ballot. They've uh, gone to great lengths to actually change third party uh, ballot access and uh, signature requirements Mm -hmm. and whatnot. So it's sort of one, another one of those issues where we're like, yeah, we can unite on this and we have to fight against this because they're very obviously targeting third parties. Yeah. Um, So it's been cool to sort of rekindle that relationship with them and have that good working relationship. So when um, John saw that I was posting about the end the damn wars rally, he reached out and he was like, Hey, uh, you know, would you be interested in, sort of having the greens participate or whatever. So that was sort of what spawned that. Yeah. And then it was really cool. Cause I was like, I pushed out messaging. Like you won't see this from the other two. Yeah. Period. You won't. Um, and that I think also really sort of resonated with people where they're like, Whoa, this is much bigger than just a libertarian event. Cause yeah. it's, it's, it's funny that they were the ones to reach out to you more because yeah. usually we're stuck in the corner being like, Hey, we're doing something that you'd probably like, like be our friend. Oh, the lib- with the libertarians? No, I'm gonna hold my nose. Like, 
okay, you, you would have been really into it. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, absolutely. I thought it was really remarkable that they actually reached out to me and they took that initiative because I'm sure they're also used to the same thing where we're like, ew, no, yeah. you, know, you can't sit with us. <laughs> yeah, like we're, we're real clicky kind of like, they don't like us actually. Exactly. So we have nothing in common with them. Exactly. And, <laughs> and honestly, that gatekeeping is probably what keeps a lot of things from actually happening well it's it's divide and conquer yeah. you know like yes. like we everyone wants to be like oh we're the ones who solved you know x issue instead right. of being like oh x issue was solved right by all of us yeah. or you know we worked together and yeah. we we went above our own uh, you know inner circle and our own whatever um you put your it's almost like an ego or a I was pride about to thing say, it's it's 100 percent. yeah seems to be an ego thing where everyone wants to be the hero it's like yes. can't we just fix things exactly and not care, you exactly know? <laughs> you have to put all of that aside and just say hey it doesn't matter who who solved it or who came up with the resolution we did it yeah that's uh like even i'm sure there's a lot of um you know a lot of libertarians who might not necessarily be involved with the party who mm -hmm. might oh it's a libertarian party event like oh no you know it's like really it's it's anti-war yes like yes and to be honest with you i i feel like it's sort of my baby yeah. like I, it's, not, it's not a party thing yes exactly but, but we're supported yeah so that is also something that i hope is kind of obvious and i also am hoping that having that bipartisan sort of thing going on that people will realize it's bigger than just a party yeah like I, you know I, i'm myself i'm not much of a party person mm -hmm. but i'm still like cool you know yeah. I'm, I'm glad that azlp is putting their resources into this and like actually getting out and you know using that platform to message this i i really dug that which yeah. is why you know i was quite interested to get involved and why I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people in my position would be too yeah so. absolutely and and thank you for that it's really uh definitely very it just validates everything that i'm putting my efforts towards yeah um so it's really nice to know that even people who don't necessarily care about party factions but they see these single issue focus um and that's something that i'm really noticing is that single issue focused uh just groups or whatever working groups rallies any of that is sort of i think the way forward oh yeah yeah i mean we've seen just with like police brutality over uh -huh. the last year you know that was mm -hmm. a big issue that people were starting to agree on like even even some you know conservatives and especially like you know more libertarian types were mm -hmm. like can we agree this is an issue now everyone's like yeah we're we are we're all pretty on the on the same page mm -hmm. like getting your face curbed on by someone in uniform and then getting away with it isn't really how a country should be. Yes, absolutely. And, but then divide and conquer, it turned into like a left versus right thing, and anyone caught in the middle is a communist or a fascist, and off to the races. It, you know? Exactly, yes, start all over again. And, and, and now now we have a, a drug warrior and a cop in the White House, so... Oh my gosh, I... <laughs> but, I don't even get me uh, started, no, we could no, be here but, for another hour on ab that. Absolutely, but um, you know, it's, it's just divide and conquer. Yes. You, you have to you have to stay away from those pitfalls, even though they're like pretty enticing. It's like, oh, we can be in our nice little tribes and wear our team colors and yes. you know, throw throw the tomatoes at the other people. But like, where does that get you? It, right. What are you accomplishing <laughs> at the end of the day? Nothing. Yeah, you're you're fighting the the other common man, so the guy above you. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are there any anti-war viewpoints or arguments you've become more aware of working with other factions? That's an interesting question. Um, I not necessarily. I would say, kind of to the point that we were talking about earlier, is that you can find a common ground even just with that that list of demands. You can you can find that. Um, I would say probably the emotional appeal is a big thing that a lot of other people do have that focus on. So that's something that if you're once again not really that sort of emotional type of person, but at least to have an understanding that yeah maybe somebody's dad was killed when they were six months old and they grew up without ever knowing their father because he was killed in Afghanistan or one of the conflicts. Um, so that is something that it, it definitely is important to try to have an understanding or empathy that that might be their single problem that they have with war. And that's okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, from there you can bring someone in and like, get, you know, give them some more ammunition. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, you know, you're, 
your instincts are right on mm-hmm. this, but here's, here's some more. Um, exactly, yeah, to add fuel to that fire. Yeah, like something um, something that I didn't expect to really you know, consider as a, a big argument for being anti-war was kind of the, a more Green Party thing where it's like, it's very, the military is one of the biggest polluters in the world. Like Oh, okay. Yeah, like like it, the the amount of waste, I mean, just, just the left leftovers in Afghanistan, you can see, but um, just uh, the operations, you know, flight time and all the ordnance, it's like massively polluting. <laughs> you're right. And I did actually just recently read something about that. And it, you're 100% right. That's something that for me isn't, and not that I don't care about pollution in the environment, but for me, that's not really something it's not that I'm, yeah, 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 that I'm super focused on. So I'm glad that you brought that up because that would be um, a really great point to add to our list of demands. Like if you're more, environmentally you know focused that could be your single issue right there yeah yeah i, I mean these days it's it's kind of nice to use um the state's own ammunition against them because they're starting to weaponize the idea of you know climate change yes. as a as a policy pusher and being like well we're gonna have to you know tax the living hell out of you because we're killing the planet and we're yes. using all this money to fix it yes of course they're not so if you take that and you just flip it on its head and be like actually your actions are way more polluting than, as well as, you know, all the things you're subsidizing. Right, like, it's funny that you bring that yeah, up. Yeah, I've been meaning to talk about that, actually. Page page 350 of the manifesto. Let me check my notes here. Yeah, I, I've got something for this. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something that I'd never really, you know, argued about. And then I recently kind of seeing, um, it was, I've seen it before, like a few years ago, but more recently, someone whether it was in Arizona or someone elsewhere, like kind of Green Party focused yeah. um, with this and the damn wars thing was on about how polluting it is. I'm like, well, duh. I mean, just, just you know, aircraft carriers and cargo planes and fire jets and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. The, uh, the amount of fuel and, yeah, resources it takes. Yes. And even like the burn pits, uh, you Yo, know, like. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, it's all the people that, you know, have gotten cancer from being the ones next to the burn pits is yes so that and once again that adds a whole nother layer onto why it's just so if you think about also just from the perspective of getting to the burn pits and and sort of the the fallout from that all those people that have gotten sick all of the people that have needed to have you know massive amounts of surgery to they've lost limbs they've lost you know any or, or, of that yeah, mental health and issues. that's exactly yeah. what i was just going to say not just broken bodies but shattered minds um and and that in itself and and the mental health crisis that occurs with veterans specifically post 9-11 veterans i mean it's just completely insane so that you have the emotional aspect of how terrible that is but you also have the fiscal aspect of how much money the va and TRICARE and, and whatnot are having to pay out to... <laughs> provide very shitty service. Exactly. <laughs> Not to, even doing that job. Exactly. Provide subpar care for these people who thought that they were doing a noble thing by going to fight for our country. And to once again, to what means? You're sending these people over there. They're coming back sick. They're coming back injured. They're coming back just shattered and... Then you also have the fallout from all of that, where it's like a ripple effect of then how does that affect their family? How many of their spouses or children or whatever have had uh, mental health issues as well and committed suicide as well? So it's, it's just so many layers and layers and layers of, I mean... We could probably talk about this all day. Of yeah, it's it's a it's a ripple effect. Yeah. I mean, it, there's there's harm overseas, mm-hmm. and then they bring it back, mm-hmm. and then you know all the, all the other damage that's not even direct, mm-hmm. just a ripple effect of being a war for two decades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. That the fallout from it is just completely insane and then the spending to try to fix that so it's it's once again we have that situation where the government creates a problem and then the government <laughs> we know how to solve it exactly spends money to try to fix the problem and makes it worse <laughs> yeah like like you know war is the health of the state mm-hmm. it absolutely is it's it's inescapable in the mm-hmm. society and it's not just not, not just the states i mean in europe you mm-hmm. can still see the the fallout of being at war for 20 years too yeah. you know all those allies have been out there too and it's changed the world for the worse absolutely 
So hopefully we can see some kind of revival and societal change of this kind of these feelings coming to the forefront finally. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. If that if 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 we can achieve that, that would be the ultimate like payoff for all of the efforts into fighting against it. Yeah, I mean, you know, no no one's necessarily banking on them, you know, turning on their TV September 12th and being like, "Huh, they seem really really angry about the wars." Well, Time to time time to flick the military industrial complex into off position, but <laughs> but if you make it like socially unacceptable, yes. and just untenable to push that stuff. You know, yes, they're gonna be trying to make their money other ways and assert the power other ways. But the war is a bloody good one. Yeah, yeah. If if we can just keep applying pressure, uh, and I think a, a, the way that society has evolved, um, if like it seems like politicians are so concerned with virtue signaling if we keep pushing that <laughs> rhetoric like this is not okay yeah. you are harming people and once again that ripple effect of how many people are harmed and civilians that are killed and just keep bringing it to the forefront and keep applying that pressure they eventually are gonna have to cave or they're gonna be so worried about getting canceled well, yeah you know it, I, I mean 20 years ago it was like pretty tenable to you know tsa can just grab every man of a turban and a beard yes. and and that's a-okay but yes. now it's like jesus christ you'll you'll be rightfully shut down for profiling someone like that and they've you know cleverly switched it from a, uh, a xenophobic kind of target to the invisible enemy. Yes. Not, not to get into any of that, but, yes, you know, like, absolutely. It's, it's a sign of the time to like, okay, well, we can hate that no matter what. Mm -hmm. In, instead of this, which, you know, it had its, its time to play and it's played out mm -hmm. and it doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we can get it to a place because it, it is starting to get like that. No mm -hmm. matter left, right or center, <laughs> and most of them are in the center, um, <laughs> you know, they're not getting away with um, targeting yeah, popular populists they can't defend themselves against the United States anymore mm -hmm. for their own gain. Yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that's that's what I wanted to get into. Uh, obviously, we don't expect to topple the military-industrial complex overnight, but what would a successful rally? And we touched on it a little bit. Uh, what would a successful rally look like in your mind? Um, so one thing that I am definitely a huge proponent of is lobbying. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize that you can directly lobby your legislature. So, like, I'm sure they know me. <laughs> I stay sending out emails to all of the representatives um, and even Congress. So I one thing that to me would be considered successful is is if I can just plant that seed like, hey, these people work for us. And we need to remind them of that. And if you have to email them every single day to remind them that that's what you want to see and that's the change that you want to see, you can. And it may feel insignificant that you're only sending one email, but if we can get enough people doing it, uh, they're going to have to listen. I mean, we're the constituents. So that, I think, is how to sort of do something about it, but you don't have to write a resolution and, you know, present it at the house or whatever. But I think that that is one small step that even if we just let people know, and you can take that and apply that to any other issue. Um, even if it's an issue that I don't necessarily agree with you about, I want you to make sure that you know that these politicians work for you. They're supposed to represent you. So that to me would be a, a success. Yeah. Um, is there any other actions that kind of, well, kind of for a more culturally or culture focused angle? Um, what would you like to see as like a fallout of this, you know, more culturally? Oh, sure. So kind of to a point that I was making earlier is that if we can get this to sort of resonate with younger folks. Yeah. Um, they're the next generation. They're the ones that eventually, you know, they're going to be the ones sitting in those seats as politicians and teachers and, and parents. And they're, they're responsible for 
taking the reins when we're not here anymore. So if we can pass that message down and, you know, I mean, and the way things are now with how society is, is like internet culture. So if we can even get, let's say there's one kid that's like famous on TikTok and they make a thing that goes super viral and it's an, it has an anti-war sentiment to it. That in itself is going to have such a far reach that if we can get something like that, whether it's from, you know, the Phoenix rally, the DC rally, all of it combined, if we can just plant that seed and let it grow, that would be hugely successful on a, from a cultural standpoint. If we can just start saying, this is not right, it's not appropriate. And look at how many people we have here that are in agreement from all walks of life for all different reasons. You don't, you don't even have to have a reason if it, you know, if you just say, yeah, war is bad, people die. Cool. I'm in. Great. And if we can get that to, if we can get that to be the ripple effect of that anti-war sentiment rather than the damage is done for more ripple effect, I think that's really the ultimate goal. I think that would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, this generation, they're like either very apathetic or very plugged in and passionate. And it's like, all right, we just got to flip that switch. Yes. And uh, I mean, you're seeing kind of younger people less and less uh, joining the military mm-hmm. and more and more having kind of a negative association with it. Because, mm-hmm. like, the culture is changing finally. That mm-hmm. kind of post uh, 9-11 feeling of, like, it's patriotic and you're protecting your country is kind of now almost a joke to them. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's something that, you know, not not to diminish anyone's service or their time in or their, sure. their emotions about it, but, like... Um, yeah, a lot are kind of waking up to the reality of it. Yeah. And, and even if you can capitalize on that and not to say, you know, bash anybody that has chosen to join the military. Um, but if you can sort of capitalize on that sentiment, like, yeah, we had this hyper patriotic period of time and it was used for to do horrible things. I mean, even just within our own country, the Patriot Act, yeah. we're still feeling the effects of that today as well. So even if we can point out like, hey, look at all these crappy things that also happened because of that movement and and sort of say, yeah, let's use that as a lesson to not let that ever happen again and not ever fall into that trap again. I think that once again, ties into messaging and how you can sort of um, also talk to your audience too. So if you can find something like that and you know who you're talking to, um, general messaging is great. But if you can get that sort of niche messaging where, yeah, hey, look at it from this point of view. Great. I I think that that could be really something that we could use as well. Yeah. And I I think with this generation, there's no more important time than to revive this movement because these, these kids grew up like a lot after 2001 yes we, they, we've been at war their entire lives yes. and so things like the patriot act like yeah you know your your uh, your internet search history is not private no matter what you do is right. like that that's just a factor of life to them and which is something that's made them very nihilistic you know yes. <laughs> kind, of, kind of apathetic to the whole thing it's like yeah we live in a police state and it's yes. like the perfect time to kind of shake them by the shoulders and be like that's not normal before they just accept it and you know yes continue with the complacency yes because that's all they've known and they're comfortable with it and they don't see anything that's wrong with it and the other thing is the extremists the QAnon folks and whatever and like hey you can have your beliefs but it's become a joke where whenever you do question the government, now you're written off as just a crazy conspiracy theorist. And even with all of the receipts, a lot of times the younger folks are just like, no, you're just crazy. Yeah. It's like, maybe I am, but I also (laughs) might have some valid points. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's like, you just gotta always be on your toes with kind of defending that point. It's like, you know what? I might sound like I'm wearing a tinfoil hat right now, but I've been right before and I'm, I'm worried I'm going to be right again. Yes. And I do find myself sometimes prefacing my statements with, I'm going to sound like I'm crazy, <laughs> I, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll always say, yeah, so this is a tinfoil hat. Yes. But. <laughs> but hear me out. Like, I know my history too. So Yes. Know. So I'll just round out with the uh, kind of a few more details about the local rally and then anything sure. else you want to add. Um, could you tell us a little bit about our local speakers? Yeah, sure. So we have um, Steve Remus that is going to be speaking. He is one of the candidates that's running for governor of Arizona. Um, He is also an Air Force veteran. Uh, He worked at the Pentagon for a while. He is... 
very, very qualified to speak on this issue. Um, he's also super qualified. He, oh gosh, I can't remember what exactly it was, but I want to say like emergency response. Um, he's, he's very like did training in that. So he's a super, super smart guy and he has a great way of wording things so that people can understand what he's saying. Like he never talks to somebody like military lingo. Yes, exactly. Trying to, you know, um, so he's going to be speaking. I'm really excited for that. And then we have, um, one of my friends, uh, his name's Ron Supernal. He is a an educator. Uh, he is also a veteran. He was in the army, and I want to say he was also in Afghanistan. So he's going to be speaking, um, and he's going to be offering sort of a different point of view. Uh, I don't want to give any sort of spoilers, but we had talked about it because he was kind of um, curious as to what my input is on his point of view. And I really liked that it wasn't your typical point of view of his experience in Mm. Afghanistan. So you'll have to come to the rally to find out what he's going to talk about, but I think it's going to be interesting. Well, I'll be interested in covering that and hearing it. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, and then we have, um, Jeff Metrick, who is the libertarian candidate. He's running for Congress. He is also a veteran. He was in the army and he actually was over in Korea. Uh, so he's going to be talking about sort of like you know his experience over there in korea and um just his feelings on on everything that's going on for an occupation whatever uh i also have jake howard who is with the sober caucus or sober oh my gosh hold on of the libertarian party Uh uh-huh he is a veteran and he is pretty involved Sorry. <laughs> oh, he calls himself the first pope of the branch Sobertarians. Oh. And <laughs> does he wear a colander on his head? <laughs> he, uh, he might. We'll see how he shows up. <laughs> so, um, he's he's also local. He I asked him if he wanted to speak and he was totally down. So it's just really cool to even have so many people that are veterans that are willing to speak at this event because yeah it's a it's a veteran heavy state arizona yeah yeah and i find that there are quite a quite a few libertarians that are veterans because they've seen firsthand all of the stuff that goes down yeah um i think uh our good friends uh by the bite and bullet podcast is going to be in attendance i Hopefully I'm not outing them, and hopefully they're actually coming. Otherwise, like, I'll announce them and they won't show up. But, oh. but uh, they do a very good job of covering kind of, you know, government wastage and what in the military turned them to libertarianism. Oh, awesome. I'm excited. I, I'm hoping that, like, just a bunch of people show up. Yeah. And I... Cool. Say hi. If you, yeah, it, it won't be hard to miss me. I'll be the crazy lady with the red hair. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it easier. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, we also have Tyler Smith, who is a veteran. He is, um, he's very heavily involved with the Libertarian Party, kind of all over the place. Um, he is also our uh, candidate recruitment committee chair here in Arizona. And then we have Colette Jennings, who's going to be speaking. She is with the Arizona green party and I, uh, she's one of the co-chairs and she also helps run the, uh, young eco-socialist caucus. So she's going to be speaking, which I think is great because hopefully she can provide a little bit more insight into those other points of view that I'm not necessarily focused on. Um, and I think that's it. And then me, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You've already heard me talk quite a bit. So. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, we'll have plenty of people turn out to hear you some more, as well as all of those. Yes, absolutely. Um, where can we find this event? Yeah, sure. Uh, where and when? <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. so it is going to be at uh, El Dorado Park, which is in Scottsdale. It's going to be starting at noon and... I don't really have any idea of when it's going to end. I initially said probably two, but it's I've gotten a lot more speakers to join. So it might be a little bit after that. Um, and then the address for El Dorado Park I can give. But if you just look it up, it's... I'll, I'll definitely have it. In the okay, okay, cool, cool. So it'll be, yeah, um, starting at noon, going kind of until whenever. It is a beautiful park. It's huge. We, it's a huge, like... I think it's like a football field size uh, area of grass. We're going to have a 
stage set up. We're going to have audio. Um, we are going to have a couple of tents for the people that are coming out. So be sure to look out for anybody that you want to talk to. We're always happy to talk. Uh, we are also going to have water and stuff provided for people. But if you want to bring your own chairs, your own blankets, a umbrella, whatever for shade, definitely. And it's rain or shine. So even if you get rain <laughs> out, I'll still be there. We might not have a microphone set up, but maybe I can get a bullhorn. <laughs> there you go. I like the spirit. Yes. All right. In addition to that, uh, we said at the start, um, there's a number of other cities it's happening in, and there might even be more by the time we're done recording. But um, so obviously Scottsdale, Arizona, you can find a rally uh, also in Denver, Colorado, Las Vegas, Nevada, Sacramento and Los Angeles, California, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, New York City, New York, and then Florida really going above and beyond, <laughs> uh, Jacksonville, Daytona Beach and Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And of course, the main event with Scott Horn and a whole bunch, whole cast of speakers and probably going to be the the biggest out of them. I'm I'm hoping. I'd love to see. I'd love to see a good march. You know? Absolutely. At least a hundred people would make me happy. But let's hope more. Um, so that'll be in Washington D.C. Of course. And all the details for that you can find on endthedamnwars.org. Um, was there anything else you wanted to wrap up with? Uh, I just really appreciate you having me on the show. I am very grateful to have the opportunity to talk about this and just to spread that idea. I think that that's really how this is going to be successful. Uh, so I hope to see as many people there as we can. Uh, it's, I have been just promoting that it is a peaceful event. We really want to promote that idea that it is supposed to be peaceful. I don't expect there to be any, anybody screaming and fighting. <laughs> so let's just hope yep. it goes off without a hitch and it's success. And I hope to see you guys here. Yep. Bring you, bring your tie dye. <laughs> yeah, totally. Hey, yeah. You can bring, make Daisy, you know, hair things. I don't care. It's cool. <laughs> I, I would love to see the, a flower child revival. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm here for it. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time and hopefully at the rally. Yes. Thank you. Coming up next up. The Anarch Interviews. TheAnarch.substack.com.